What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be in on a Friday at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, lot to get into. Big Ten Wrestling gets rocking and rolling at PBA next couple of days, and then it is on to March Madness with state basketball. Plenty of coverage. Uh, we'll be down there for either live action or set up for. On location, numbers to get in today, plenty of recruiting on our mind. We'll get to numbers to dial up, 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And always find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, coming up, we'll talk with Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity, uh, get his take on the uh, upcoming slate of ball games for state basketball, some in state prospects as well uh, from Jacob to tell us about, and, and of course, uh, just a smidge of Nebraska basketball this weekend on the road. At uh, Wisconsin, Hour 2, Bill Dolman, Pratt of Fairbury with us, NBC Sports. And then a sit-down with Jabba Chamberlain. Can't wait to talk with Jabba, get his take on Game 1 for Nebraska baseball and the etiquette of the dreaded bat flip, a fist pound to all those kids who played for the Lincoln A's. Number of kids uh, from the Lincoln A's making their, uh, their high school baseball team. That is awesome. So, uh, tip of the cap to the coaches, Coach Brett, Coach Tyler. We got to say thank you there. And uh, assuming he didn't get like put in in school suspension today, Junior made the freshman team. <laughs> is, that a, now, is, that a, is that a possibility? No, it shouldn't be. I mean, I pray no. Did you ever get any in school suspension? Back never, in the day? man. I was too afraid of my dad. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, same. Yeah. I just don't want to do that. Like, if I cut the, the yard crappily and that was a high possibility guess who got to do it again <laughs> right I mean, yeah. so, so no is the answer i just try to keep my mouth shut and survive man so uh husker baseball off to a uh a 2-0 start with their win at 11 this morning cody frank let's start there 10 strikeouts just two walks six and a third and uh, old Emmett came in and slammed the door. Griff Everett, uh, two-run bomb, which was good. Eight hits, not bad for Nebraska. Eight strikeouts, not great for Nebraska. But a, a number of guys in the lineup at least getting on with a base hit. And then the, the, the two-run shot, the difference. Uh, Matthews in leadoff today, two for four, which is nice. Hey, and guys are going to rise up and, and try and – season opportunity and frank got got the ball today he's looked 
the best so far in this young season for Nebraska baseball, and it translated into a good start. I mean, his ERA after today is down to almost .5. I think he's sitting at like a .61 after his outing today. Just incredible stuff uh, from Cody Frank to start this season. And uh, you look at this Husker baseball team, and this is what they can be. I mean, the offense wasn't much better in game one, if we're honest, than what we've seen previously in the year. They they got pitching pitching support. They got pitching support. Really, I mean, a a shutdown day uh, from both Husker pitchers that that took the mound. Um, But the offense still, it's they got to win. So I'm not going to complain too much, but still a little reliant on the long ball. Uh, to get their their run support, you yeah. haven't seen them go. I mean, it, it's a different baseball team than last season, but you haven't seen them go island to island to island, and then that's and then so take hard it home. to do. It's hard to do, but the team last year made it easier, made it look easier than the team mm. this year does. The team this year, I mean, I'd venture to say half their runs have been scored via the long ball or extra base. Yeah, or, yeah it, it, it's we'll see. We'll see how this how this works. You got to be, be able to do both, yeah. right? I mean, use the the muscle if you can. But if you got to piece it together, that's just a lot of energy <laughs> and, and and a lot of discipline to play station to station and hope for that extra base hit. What you can't do, though, is get out of sorts with your approach and too aggressive and and then just leave guys on because you're striking out or you're popping up or you, you, you don't deliver that extra base hit or the, the long ball. So... Keep you updated on Kyle Perry's start. Still zeros right now. Still scoreless through four innings, I believe. Okay, so this is a kind of a an, an important weekend for Nebraska to, to, at a minimum, go three and one, and then get some momentum for next weekend's big series uh, at Haymarket. Junior Day is here. Before we get there, though, let's talk Cam Jurgens, uh, the Husker product, uh, foregoing eligibility to enter into the NFL draft, the combine invite. Uh, our old boy Searles, his uh, client, Austin Allen, had a really good day yesterday. Uh, and then Cam Jurgens today, you look at the NFL Twitter blowing up. They are wowed at Jurgens. He's put on weight. He's over three bills now, 303, 25 bench presses, and a what-the-hell-just-happened 4940, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And uh, that is that is so key uh, for your center and what what the NFL is today and, and Cam and, and Searles has laid it out there for us a lot with his his kind of pro comp. And you look at at, at Kelsey in in Philly, that's that's a, 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 a pedestal to be put on if well we think he can fit in the same type of offense that Kelsey's in with his skill set. Kelsey's been a pro bowler for years. He's an anchor He's athletic, and that's what's been so fun about Cam Jurgens, especially last year. I know it was a tough season, but Cam was was just phenomenal. Uh, and then they'd even ask him to peel back and help on the edge, right? I mean, there were a lot of games where he'd peel off and, and help chip the outside. Uh, so right now, Jurgens Linderbaum's the, the top center, and he's phenomenal from Iowa. He's a Remington Award winner. But Cam... Showing that athleticism, showing the 40, showing just what he can do. And when we're talking about uh, risers or fallers, uh, Cam's workout numbers are big. And it never hurts to, to be that that thoughtful guy. How many guys go to Indy for the combine and bring gifts? Yeah, so 
uh, we heard from the commentators on NFL Network as Cam was running that Cam brought his homemade beef jerky from his farm. Beef jerky, baby. Brought the beef jerky and was giving it out to all the NFL teams that uh, that that gave him an interview at the combine. So he had a little goodie bag prepared for every single team that talked to him. Gave him a, a goodie bag of beef jerky, and that's just word's going to spread. Hey, son, we need some of that beef jerky. Can we fly you out? I mean, <laughs> I, I know I got the job here, but if I would have come into my interview with say some pork chops and given them to you, would you have thought more highly of me? I, you know, I, I if, saw if, you, if they were homegrown, if I, I had I saw, I saw your resume. I looked at your work with B, uh, Big Ten and also heard your, your work at KRNU. So I was good. You didn't need to bribe <laughs> oh, me. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the mustache would have been a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't grow it until I got here. <laughs> <laughs> this kid Elijah showed up in a windowless van with a bad mustache. <laughs> Son, turn around. Thanks for coming in, but no, we're good. So. Yeah, but uh, but but to to Jurgi's uh, Jurgens, Jurgi, whatever. Uh, to his forty. You're ton, tight with him. Come on. You know, I I uh, well, uh, that's a story for off air. Um. Oh yeah. Story for off air. Okay. Um, there is a uh, uh, just the simple fact of forty times aren't that important to offensive linemen as a whole. I remember like going to scouting camps back in the day, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we care about your ten yard split time. Run the full forty uh, just to get the rep in. But if it's slow, if it's fast, we don't care unless it's like otherworldly fast." And Cam Jurgens, I will say, a four nine one at three hundred plus is showing the athleticism and it shows teams yet yeah, like he's got this athleticism that we see on tape uh the more important test though uh, as i said the 10 yard split <laughs> the uh the broad jump kind of the vertical jump yeah um and then the, the position drills that they'll be they're wanting at the combine this afternoon here's what i envision and and he got flagged for this when we were in norman but you set up that perfect call on the perfect down with a screen and guess who's out leading the convoy on the search and destroy mission. It's Cam hauling downfield and and smoking third level guys. That's to me where the forty translates for the offensive lineman. Can you get down and then get out and and go clear a path and hopefully lead a successful screenplay? Mm-hmm. And and we saw that and he got flagged early for it, which was garbage down in Norman. Junior Day is here, and there's a lot of in-state talent for 2023. Gunnar Gatula is committed. Sam Sledge is committed. Of course, you have uh, DiCaprio's brother, Dwight, committed. And the uncommitted in-state, Malachi Coleman, the top target, and uh, has received so much attention from Big Ten schools. Nebraska's got to get him in. Maverick Noonan is fantastic his dad incredible of course danny noonan stanford uh, they have a connection uh, of course in in the metro with what they were able to do uh with uh with the prospect out of millard west god nfl man of the year why number 99 oh harrison phillips yeah horrible harry's his twitter handle and yeah, Harrison Phillips went to Stanford instead mm-hmm. of Nebraska. Started as a as a freshman at nose guard, right? So Stanford's like, let's go back, <laughs> let's go back in, in into to the metro region. Uh, but the the splash today, and you have some other five hundred mile radius. Of course, David Borchers and uh, Calvin Clements is out of Lawrence, uh, Independence, Missouri. Is another location with Donovan McIntosh. 
at 6-3-170, the athletes. So some regional guys. You have T- uh, Tyson Terry, uh, Omaha North, the, the Viking. And uh, you have uh, Kayshawn Ross also out of Kansas City. Don't forget Davion Hall, mm-hmm. phenomenal wide out of, Bell, out of Bell West. So you get Malachi and Hall in 2023 if you're Nebraska. That's huge. The, the name, though, and Mitch Sherman had this tweet earlier, uh, was Zane Flores. He is mm-hmm. being contacted and vetted by Ohio State. Ohio State's quarterback coach. They're in the process of probably lining something up to, to watch him throw and uh, see if he's uh, offer-worthy in Columbus. And it's one thing if Kansas offers and Okie State and K-State and all those guys do a great job and their programs have been – Kansas hasn't, but Kansas has at least shown a heartbeat now with with Coach Lance down there. But Okie State's been good. K-State's not super far removed from a 10-win season, and they've been at worst a 7- or 8-win team, right, mixing in a 6-win season here or there. But then here, here comes Ohio State, and if Ohio State says, all right, this kid's really good, let's offer him, then the rest of the Big Ten will jump in. Or maybe maybe Ohio State just kind of kicks the tires and maybe doesn't offer, but he's still 50 miles away. He's an in-state prospect. Flores has been a big-time winning quarterback for Gretna, and there's just been no no, no sniff by Nebraska. And, and listen, I, I don't want to get into the arm wrestling match between Watson and Flores because I really like Watson. But you know how – we'll talk to Dolman about this. You know how Nebraskans are about their own in-state kids. And if he goes somewhere else and kicks ass, that, that, that wears you out. So the question is why? Why – is Flores not getting looked at by Nebraska? I have a couple of thoughts and theories on that. Uh, one, you look at the quarterbacks Nebraska was was looking at. You had Johnson out of Kansas that they were in on, or late, but they were trying to, to, to figure out. You had Cole, and both those two guys were getting more of the attention from Nebraska even before Flores, Right. And they offered Watson, and and that was who Whipple's identified. Whipple's the point man here. Whipple's the guy making the call on the quarterback situation. Out of Cole, out of Johnson, out of Flores, he liked Watson. Um, Why don't you offer Zane is the question. You don't want to risk missing uh, out on, on Watson. If you've already said, we like you, you've come out here from Massachusetts, we think you're the best guy on, you're our top guy on the board, you're who we're going to offer, you're not just going to throw out an offer to Flores, and then if he says yes, what do you do? Do you blow that previous offer up? That That's, that's one thing. The other thing here is maybe, they, maybe Nebraska comes around and eventually offers Flores, but it's going to be after a guy like, Smothers or some other quarterback in that room potentially transfers. Just you want to you, you lose one, you want to go get one. And what have they talked to Watson about? Are they just going to take one quarterback in the 2023 class? You have Purdy in the room who has four years. So, and then of course you have Casey. Uh, it just doesn't. It, it's an optics issue. It's not that. It's not that there aren't 
as good or better quarterbacks out there, but you got one that's right up there with the other guys you've scouted and one you've taken a commitment from that's 50 miles away. And before we get out of here, I'll also add, there's, I think fit and scheme matters more to the quarterback position than almost any other position in college. I mean, look at how different Justin Fields looked from being the backup at Georgia to stepping in being the, the starter at Ohio yeah, State. Fit and scheme Scheme matters. And if you decide that Watson fits your scheme better than Zane Flores and you think Zane Flores is a talented kid, why do you... I, I, I understand the optics behind it, but I don't think you offer a kid, especially at the quarterback position, just to offer a kid. No, and, and I think that's why Nebraska is is standing pat. I'm not making an excuse, but you talk about needing to double down and protect your state. Here comes Ohio State that's with your, your quarterback that's 50 miles away. Jacob Bedill is next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you on a Friday, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Jacob Fidillo with Hale Varsity. Dot com and magazine, two podcasts you can listen to with Jacob all over basketball and prep action at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, how's your Friday? Thanks for the time. Well, you sound enthused, and thanks whether that's real or fake. It sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> I want to go to to football for a moment, and, and I know – you are all over the prep scene, and I want to get your take from the Metro here on just the, I guess, the optics and, and where Nebraska's at for football recruiting, and Greg Smith does an amazing job with football recruiting. But what are your thoughts on, on Zane Flores and the Nebraska situation, specifically with Ohio State looking at him? And we'll, know, we'll, we'll see if an offer happens or not. But you've had other regional programs that have performed pretty well uh, offer him already. Nebraska's got their quarterback for 2023, but there's been an emphasis on, on in-state, but it's been pretty quiet for, for Flores for quite a while. Yeah, I know he uh, went down there to one of their camps at one point and didn't have a great day that day um, in terms of like putting himself on their radar early and maybe earning an early offer. Um, I don't... It just seems like whatever Nebraska has seen there, they didn't they, they didn't see enough to feel like oh, this is a perfect fit for what we want to do, and we need to make him a priority. Um, obviously, they've got a different different quarterbacks coach uh, now, and um, so this second second kind of set of eyes that are uh, excuse me, I'm mm-hmm. getting out of here. Hopefully, the wind doesn't. No, you're good. Um, you're good. But yeah, second second set of uh, eyes on him and. Whipple kind of has his idea of what he wants in a quarterback, and they went out and they, they landed 
somebody else in that class. So um, it, it's it's always tough the in-state guys. Like you, you have to first and foremost you have to trust your own eyes and your own evaluation, and you can't let um, like other programs come in and offering like they can't really sway you. You have to you have to put in the work to to know how you're, you're going to feel about a certain kid. And if they feel like uh, Flores may be a good player, maybe just not a fit for what they're looking for, then, then so be it. You're not going to get 100% of uh, the kids in state. So um, you just have to make good decisions, and ho- hopefully it pans out. Jacob Adil is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Jacob, I, I kind of equate this to, to basketball when you look at uh, whenever – Hunter Salas committed to Gonzaga, went to Gonzaga. Everyone's like, well, okay, may have not been the best fit for Nebraska, and he's one of these top talents. It's okay he's going to go to Gonzaga. Do you think that there will ever be a a similar situation in in football where you go, you know what, Zane Flores, he's probably a better fit for Ohio State. He can go out there and play, and Husker fans will be happy with it. It just feels like football's a a different animal in that sense. Yeah, um, I think part of it, too, is where the, the relative programs are in comparison to basically everybody else, mm-hmm. where Nebraska football may not, uh, in terms of success currently, may not be all that different from Nebraska basketball, but in terms of expectations and kind of what you're, what you've seen they're capable of, it's a little bit different. Uh, I think you, you have a blue blood come in and scoop up a kid. It's like, oh, uh, in basketball anyway, it's like, oh, well, can't really compete with that. In football, you, you would hope to be able to, and we have seen guys like Thomas Spadoni and, and other guys here where they've, they've gotten looks from uh, Turner Corcoran's another one. They've gotten looks from the likes of Ohio State and, um, and Alabama and the best in the country. And Nebraska still kind of won some of those recruiting battles. So um, just the numbers involved and kind of the, where, where the, the programs are, uh, I think it is a little bit different there. But, yeah, if, if, if Ohio State does come with an offer for, for Flores and – ends up going there and played well. But that obviously won't reflect well on Nebraska, but uh, we're a few years off from that at this point. Jacob, I uh, want to go to basketball here. As you look at the Class A boys field uh, for state next week, you're going to be posted up down at PBA with amazing coverage. Uh, what's your take here? What uh, What are you feeling here as uh, teams head to, uh, to, to Lincoln from the Metro and Pius able to uh, do work. I saw them against Papio South. I know there was a thriller with uh, with Gretna and Southwest uh, earlier this week. Same with Northeast uh, that they were unable to to hang on, and they did a great job. Uh, you know, three and a half uh, quarters, but but uh, Prep did a, a wonderful job with their finish to the ball game. But uh, overall, just uh, what do you what's your anticipation like here for this uh, state boys tournament? Yeah, I think it'll uh, have a chance to be. Pretty good tournament here. I think we probably got the the eight or so best teams in the field. I think Elkhorn South, with the way that um, they've been playing and uh, kind of the balance and, and depth of that team, they may not have uh, the big name star like some of the other top teams, but um, it, it's just a, a quality, solid team. And they were playing well in the second half of the season. So for them to kind of get in there to spring that upset, uh, the only real upset, I the the seven versus eight in the Papio South versus Pius. I don't I don't know that I call that really an upset. Um, Pius, I think we always knew what they were capable of. It's just a matter of can you, can they reach that level? Mm-hmm. And they certainly did in the district final. So they can maintain that. Um, I saw that WS uh, Pius. I mean, 
what three uh, or all all of these games are, are rematches, I believe, um, from from the regular season. And I saw a few of those. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. This is kind of where the coaching kicks in. What, what tweaks can you make from last time? How how can you fix what went wrong for the losing team versus um, and, and what else can you try to uh, to pull out to overcome maybe the maybe the talent. Uh, mismatch and, and some of these kind of higher seed versus lower seed games. But uh, I think the, the semis have a chance to be pretty special as well as they usually do. Um, if seedings hold it down below and get another W West West side rematch, um, I, I would love to see that. Uh, and obviously, I mean, Gretna, they've already beat central once. And if they pull it off again, they would get, uh, get a chance to, to play against the only of uh, those top five teams they didn't play during the regular season in, in Millwood North. They basically beat everybody else. Um, so um, I, I, I like the way, the way the field turned out overall, and I think we'll have a chance to have a pretty good tournament. Did you see the, the matchup between Bell West and Pius? Did you go to that one? I did. Um, I was there for that one. That was Jared Bohr, uh just was ridiculously hot. Um, oh, yeah. Didn't miss a shot in the first half, put up 30 uh, on 11 of 14 shooting. Sam Hostrider had a good game, but – Bellevue West was just shooting lights out, again contributions from all over the place. They put up over 90 points in that game, uh, if I remember correctly. So um, they're gonna, uh, Pius was gonna have to find a way to defend better than they did uh, in, in the first round because you you give up that many points, you just got no shot, no matter how well uh, your best players play. Bellevue West, they're just so deep in terms of guys that can make a difference, and Jacob Rope wasn't even playing yet at that point, and he's been a significant piece for them since. He became eligible. So um, Pius is going to have to kind of go back to the, the drawing board and come up with a, a better way to, to defend than they did during the regular season. Jacob, a, a thought with, um, I know Miller North's the, the favorite, just two losses in the regular season. I've seen Bell West. I've seen Central. I've seen Westside. I, I did not see Gretna, but I know they're really talented. What, what's, what's the game changer for Miller North Versus a Bell West or a West Side. Uh, the game changer's name is Jason Green, <laughs> and uh, we've seen him in that Metro uh, in that Metro tournament against West Side. He almost single-handedly dragged uh, Miller North back into that game down the stretch, just making some ridiculous plays on both ends. And I, I wasn't there, but uh, from what I recall, he did the same thing against Bellevue West in the regular season, where um, they, they were down big late, and he just went on a ridiculous run down the stretch. To, to make it competitive and give them the shot. So um, it starts with him. Uh, he's have a, having a terrific senior season here, um, headed to Creighton next year, but he's leading the leading state and block shots over four game. In addition to scoring really efficiently, rebounding, double, double guy, uh, and then making plays for others as well. So obviously if Jason's the best player on the floor and you can get enough uh, from that supporting cast, particularly uh, I think those sophomores, where I, I think you, you feel like you're gonna, you know what you're going to get from a guy like David Harmon. He'll give you a double-figure score, and he'll rebound the ball and make a couple of plays. Um, it, it's got to be whether it's Neil Mosser, uh, Eli Gates, um, or Isaiah McMorris. One or two of those guys have to stick up, uh, have to step up. And, and if you get a good game from those guys in addition to the guys that you come to rely on, they can play with anybody. 
few more minutes here with Jacob Padilla. And Jacob, I want to shift gears here and go Husker basketball as uh, they have their season finale against Wisconsin. I guess their regular season finale against Wisconsin on Sunday. Uh, coming off the, these last two wins, though, Jacob, what, what has been the difference? We've heard Fred Hoiberg talk about this team playing with togetherness uh, in those postseason, or excuse me, those postgame chats that have been posted on Twitter. Is that what it is? Is this team playing with togetherness? Is it, is it confidence? What is it, in your opinion, that's led to this late season surge? Yeah, for, for really, for the first time all season, things are clicking and staying there consistently. Like we, we've seen them put together stretches of good play, but then something would go wrong. Uh, the other team would make a run, uh, they'd miss a shot, they'd turn the ball over, and then things would kind of spiral out of control from there. That, that hasn't happened the last few weeks. Outside of that one 11-0 run from, from Iowa in that second half, that really was the difference in that game. They've played three really quality offensive basketball games for sure, and then the last two have been pretty solid defensively as well. And a lot of it does come down to shots falling. Um, that's something that hasn't really happened most of the season. And what happened at Penn State game is shots fell in the first half, and they were able to, and kind of the energy from that carried over into other parts of the game where they were on the same page defensively. They were sharing the ball because they had confidence, hey, this guy's going to knock the shot down. They were getting it to the right guys in the right spots where they could take advantage of what they do well. And then that carried over in the second half where uh, they were 7-12 to 12 from three in the first half and then 6-8 of eight in the second half. So you kind of felt like going in half that well. They shot the ball really well here, but that's probably not going to happen again in the second half. So they're going to have to find other ways to hold on to this lead. Well, no, they just kept shooting the lights out, mm-hmm. and Penn State never had a chance. In the Ohio State game, they, they, they again hit shots in the first half, but in the second half, they were only 3 of 11 from 3. They won that game with their defensive effort and with their ability to kind of get, to, get into the paint and, and get some buckets there. I know Alonzo Verge had a big personal 9-4 to run, in the second half to kind of push that thing to 11, which was enough for them to, to hold on as Ohio State made its late rally. So um, it's just things have clicked. Like they, they, they were able to get that first win uh, against Penn State, the first road win, uh, by playing together, by kind of doing what Fred Hoiberg has wanted to see from them all season. So you kind of have that proof of concept now where, hey, if we do it this way, we can win these games. And then that carried over into the – Ohio State game, and they're able to, to go out and play well again and get it done. There's no guarantee that the, those shots will continue to fall, and uh, it very well could kind of fall back into the same tra- uh, same old uh, trap if that doesn't happen, if they come out and miss their first five or six threes and, and get down early in the first half uh, in Madison. Uh, doesn't mean everything's fixed, but they have shown themselves uh, now what they are capable when the shots fall and when they buy in and play together as a team. Jacob, awesome stuff. We'll see you at PBA next week, bud. Thanks for the time today. All right. Sounds fun. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr 
Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And good work by Jacob Padilla as always. Uh, Class A boys preview. Some thoughts on the Zane Flores topic of discussion. We spent some time on here the first half hour as Ohio State not offering but kicking the tires on him and the uh, the optics and perception of uh, what that looks like if there's not been an offer by Nebraska, but Ohio State's uh, intrigued. And I like what Jacob said. It kind of echoes what Elijah was talking about, and that is its uh, scheme and fit. And Jacob kind of followed that up with, all right, here's how you performed. Uh, the first time you saw Flores throw, by no means is that end-all, be-all. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a little different for me. In 2023, if Nebraska is able to land, and it's a big weekend of impressions for Nebraska with another junior day, right? I mean, you've got to get Davion Hall to, to find his way to Lincoln, in my humble opinion. Uh, you got to get a Malachi Coleman. you got to get a Maverick Newman. Noonan. You've got Sledge already in the boat. And then keep, keep going and getting those 500-mile radius guys it's not the first time nor last time a quarterback's gotten away. You've had a lot of Metro guys end up at North Dakota State. Scott Frost ended up at Stanford. And it's just a different world with if you miss on a quarterback. I mean, before it was JUCO. You had to go the JUCO route or you hoped to get a get a kid to come in and, and be good to push said starter. I mean, let's look back to... Nebraska's run and the succession of quarterbacks they had, right? I mean, you go back with the Ferragamo and Hum years. I mean, both those guys were on campus at the same time. You get your Turner Gill. Then after Turner Gill, you had a little buffer zone, and you're still going 10-2. and two. Then you get Steve Taylor for three and a half years. He was incredible. And then you, you, you have a year guy, and then you have your, your run of Frazier, with Brehringer as a backup. Then you go Frosty for two, and then you get Crouch. And that's damn fine quarterback evaluation with your system within your offense, and they were great, great players. Heisman, All-American, champions. And there's your, there's your, there's your reason. You need a good defense, good O-line and run game, but your quarterback can't. Your team's got to be so great, in fact, to employ just a manager. Mm-hmm. Right, to and, be able to be able to hide your quarterback. Well, just just son, don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take care of the damn ball. Right now, Nebraska's trying, and, and Adrian was was a, was an absolute playmaker, but also was asked to do a lot and had to do a lot, and it didn't always work out well. And, now, and, and then like contrast that with Michigan last season. No, it, right. I mean, look at look at McNamara. My God, he had two incredible backs and a great line and a sick defense. Where he did make plays. He, it's not that he didn't have 300-yard or 400-yard passing days. He did, but game wasn't in his hands. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Nebraska's gone as the quarterback is gone. And sometimes the quarterback was flawless, and it didn't matter because you're giving up points or you, you couldn't run the ball and you were one-dimensional. So this really kind of comes down to Whipple. 
and that's okay. And you look at Whipple's track record, uh, not just from a recency standpoint with Pickett, but he's been a lot of spots and had a lot of good quarterbacks. So if, if his call is, this is who I want, that's quite all right. And you'll take a guy like Watson uh, in this 2023 class. But the rest of the in-state kids, you need to go nearly perfect. You've got Mickey Joseph helping with the Metro and the state. He'll get after it. He won't finish till he gets a yes. And uh, that is that is going to be fine. And best to Flores, man, if he ends up going to a Kansas or an Okie State or say Ohio State's real with him, say they like him. That's that's huge. That's <laughs> pretty big time. Uh, you have some uh, some info, some audio here of Big Red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Andy Reid reacting to Cam Jurgens. Yeah, so he uh, he went and joined the booth of the uh, the NFL Combine broadcast on NFL Network, and uh, they asked him about Cam Jurgens and the the whole beef jerky, dropping it off at the uh, at the interviews. So. How many how many? This isn't an attempt at evil humor. I'm just serious. How many bags did Big Red get? I don't know. We'll listen. Okay. DJ, you 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 mentioned that. Um, Cam Jurgens was giving out beef jerky to anybody who interviewed him. Beef jerky. Beef jerky, pardon me, because that's his nickname. Did you get beef jerky, Andy Reid? Did, did you get it? There. Did you get this man's? You know, I didn't, but I saw him, I saw him run the 40, and he looked like he could move pretty good, man, for a big old joker. And he looks like a beef jerky, doesn't he? I mean, he looks like he's right in Nebraska. You know, they... Yeah, you they, say, they say that ends for knowledge, right? So we're all into the beef jerky, man. <laughs> That's what I figured. You know that that might put, give him a leg up on your draft board. Sure. Good to see you, sir. <laughs> we just drafted Creed. Thank you. We're good, but you know, <laughs> move him to guard. I love the end stands for knowledge from Andy. I didn't know. How does he know about that? Is that that common? It is. I, I didn't know it was. Back when I was a freshman in college, it, it stood for nineteen to nothing. After the Arizona State loss, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was posted around the dorm. That was wonderful. <laughs> so there you go. Is there an in-state kid you're you're pretty wowed by uh, for 2023? I mean, Malachi Coleman. Yeah, I think Noonan though is is super impressive, and he's thrived. But Hall, we talked to to Davion at uh, the Warren Academy media session this summer, and and he's. He's 6'2", and he's built, and he can fly. And I you know, I haven't talked to, to Mal, Malachi for a long time, and I haven't talked to Coach Gingery for a while, but I'm a bit intrigued. Like, Coleman's 6'5", and just an artist catching the football, okay? And that East team was so much fun to cover. But he was also insane off the edge. Mm-hmm. And my mind goes to... A freak athlete that you put some weight on, and I'm not saying he shouldn't stay or be a whiteout. It's really up to him. What do you want to play? But I look at a Jabo from Michigan who was 235, 240-ish and was that outside edge dude. And I don't have a Jabo's stats in coverage, but he wasn't carrying a tight end or taking a back out of the backfield. He was a good run stop. Not that he couldn't cover. He was athletic enough to, to do about everything. But I look at a Jabo's length and build, and I look at, okay, let's put some weight on, on Malachi. If he's 180 now, how, how explosive can he be with a summer in the weight room if he gets up over 200 pounds at 6'5"? Mm. 
Because that, that's the question. Where the, where the hell do you want to play him? Well, everywhere is the answer, but where's he best at? See, what, the, what can he translate to? The guy to me who I, I feel like made a splash last summer, haven't heard as much from him, is Ben Nagoy at Lincoln High. Oh, he's fun, man. Raw ben athleticism. Raw athletic. He might not be super polished in the football field, but man, is he athletic. I really like him. And then one to watch for the future, I just saw him on Twitter today, uh, Pierre Allen Jr. Yeah. Son of Pierre Allen. Yes, that Pierre Allen from yeah, 10 Pierre, years ago. Yeah, Pierre, uh, yeah, Pierre was... Nice, man. Good defensive end. Yeah, his uh, his son just finished freshman year at Southeast. I know if Gatua's putting a freshman on the field on varsity, it means something good for the future. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. It's going to be a Friday with at 5 with Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. We may even tell Billy D to comb his hair and, and get in the stream. And uh, we always uh, put the TV man on, on our stream yard set up so we'll we'll do that plenty of thoughts with Jabba Chamberlain standout Husker World Series champ with the Yanks 12-year baseball career at in the show of course and we'll get Jabba's take on Husker baseball and uh, some thoughts on uh, etiquette specifically what's been going around Twitter with the uh, the bat flips seen around the world not from college necessarily but man <laughs> from high school kids i don't know how i did I, i've never let it i've never said okay um i i'm worried about junior i'm worried about junior making contact all right i'm not worried about junior going yard my brother played really good baseball at doan uh from 2000 through 2004 and uncle donkey went yard about three or four times and i think he was down 02 in account and and some kid was I don't know, feeding it to him a little bit on the on the hill, and, and Mark turned and, and smoked one, and uh, I think he gave that that home run ball to my dad, which is really cool. Where are you as an umpire, mustached and all, when it comes to to the, to the bat flip? Are you going to warn a kid if he flips the bat? Obviously, there's zero tolerance for the throwing the bat and smoking said umpire. But what do you think of that? Throw a bat all you want. I'm the you umpire. I don't care. Just throw, don't throw it back at me. Yeah, don't throw it at me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't take me out. If your bat flip hits an opponent or hits me or something, like then I'll throw you out of the game. But if if, if you're just celebrating, if you're pumped up. How many kids have you up, tossed? How many, umps, I mean, how many uh, coaches or parents or what's your body count at right now? Uh, me personally, yeah. I'm actually at zero. We, we've had the, uh, the, the dual discussion gone with the other umpire and gone like, okay, like this coach needs to go. Right. And then we'll, we'll, we'll do a. A, a toss together but like personally i'm not into i'm not into running kids i'm not into running coaches like it's high school baseball pretty in patient. nebraska you're pretty mellow you're pretty patient i'm pretty guy. mellow and like i'm not gonna be messing up the calls so you're not gonna be yelling at me like if i'm not messing Look up at the that calls, confidence if i'm not messing up the calls you're not gonna have a problem with me and if i can explain my call to you you're not gonna have a problem with me and that, that's where I, I like to go is i like to go more of the let's communicate let's talk. treat me like a an adult i'll treat here's you like the problem an adult. though the ump's gonna just sprint out there I would love to go back in time and drop you in, and and have you face Earl Weaver. Mm. Oh, I've I've seen the video. I've seen like the mic'd up Earl Weaver. Oh, yeah, priceless. <laughs> That's pretty. Funny. Not for airplay. <laughs> no, no, it will be more bleeps than words. Or who's who's the old uh, the, Wally Backman? The old the old Met. Mm. He was part of the '86 Mets. 
uh, and and Wally was managing AAA forever. I mean, he's the one that would army crawl out to the mound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and take the rosin bag and throw it over <laughs> like you know, it's it's a World War II film with the grenade. It was like stealing bases and saying like, how are you going to play baseball without bases? And then yeah, I yeah. mean, he Wally Backman was a bad is a bad bad dude when it comes to just letting the fury unleash against the umpires. I felt sorry. Feel sorry. Okay, so that's on the docket. Bill Dolman, job at Chamberlain, hour two. Don't forget the weekend edition starts at seven tomorrow with Hale Varsity. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, you in or Elijah Herbal? Look at you. I mean, just just rocking it. Uh, Dolman on the way. His thoughts on baseball, the NFL Combine, Husker hoops, and we'll keep this this bus trip, road trip theme going. On a Friday, the road trip from hell. Bill took a lot of buses. Uh, Dolman up next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll check in with Bill Dolman here coming up. At Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you find him with NBC Sports. And uh, no doubt a, a flurry of topics to get into with uh, Billy D. He's, uh, yeah, we're going to work on him coming back for another spring game. He was here last year for the spring game. We are going to coerce Bill Dolman into making it two for two on the uh, the spring game setup. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Where'd you go from the live stream? I'm, I'm working on Just that. Just me now. Where are we at with the, the Pride of Fairbury? He said he was joining right now. I gave him a call and he said he was... Uh, Going to his email, opening up the stream. Uh-huh. So he could just be giving us the runaround. That is very possible now that I think about it. <laughs> could, be, could have been the old, oh, I'm going to this stream. You can hang up here. And then he never shows up to the stream. And I'm, oh, I missed you. I missed you. Time's a-wasting. We'll, uh, we'll get him on. Excited to talk with Jabba Chamberlain. Get his take on Nebraska baseball. The Big Red, a sack fly uh, at last check. Up one nothing in game two, which is big. And uh, they took care of business in game one. Two nothing. Uh, Cody Frank, solid, solid outing. Six and a third, 10 strikeouts, just two walks. Offense, uh, uh, Griffin Everett, uh, two run bomb. You had uh, Bryce with uh, two uh, for four leading off for Nebraska. So, listen, eight hits, two runs, you'll take. 
and you move on and you get that second win of the season. Yeah, and one thing that is a little bit of a cause for concern is the second game. As you said, Griffin ever opened the scoring with a sacrifice fly. Huskers left the bases loaded in that uh, that inning. That's been a problem, leaving runners in scoring position early in the season. Uh, so we'll see. It's still a long season. I think the main thing is that the, uh, the Huskers uh, take their lumps now and improve as the season goes on. But it uh, should be big. Huskers, I think, need to go 3-1 and one this weekend. Uh, minimal, right? And listen, a lot of baseball left. It's okay. That's fine. We'll uh, keep you posted on on how things go this weekend. But Long Beach, pretty sure, is next weekend. So we'll uh, we'll get that going with uh, Nebraska and Long Beach. Uh, NCAA tournament is nearing with uh, the conference basketball season winding down, and then state basketball locally. You got a slew of girl teams, and of course, the Pious boys are. Ready to rock and, and roll uh, against Bell West as they'll open up things on Tuesday. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep the live stream going. We're going to have Bill join via phones, and that should still go out over the live stream, so we should be all good. All right. Pride of Fairbury, what's up with the computer, man? How are you? You know, I've got uh, Command Central out here, and I just assume that, you know, it's, it's got to be on your end. But, you know, uh, it's, it's good to connect no matter how, whatever way we can. Command Central it is. Bill, let's start off with, uh, well, Nebraska took a 14-hour bus ride down to Texas. Logistics were an issue because San Diego State screwed up the schedule. Is there a uh, top two memorable bus trip with the Salt Dogs that comes to mind? First one. Tell me why. Well, we had just uh, we actually started the season in Sioux City, so that really doesn't count because John Baylor and I drove up there ourselves because it's only two hours away. So then we had our, our opening uh, series of games at Haymarket Park, and this is back in, what, 2001. Mm-hmm. And so we play like six games, and then we board up the bus for the big first roadie of the year, which is taking us to uh, Winnipeg. And so Winnipeg at that time, and still is, is, is an incredible baseball operation, the power team in the Northern League, and, you know, sellout crowd, weekend game, all of that. So we load up and we leave uh, Haymarket Park, and I don't remember the exact time. I think we were supposed to leave, you know, two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, something like that, so you can sleep on the bus. And then uh, we're going to go play Winnipeg, and then come back through and play Fargo, and then come back to Lincoln. So we board the bus and uh, make our way up to uh, uh, to Winnipeg, and. When you get into when you're trying to get into Canada, you get stopped at the border, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they go through and make sure that you are supposed to be able to cross into Canada. And typically, that can take you know 30 minutes or so. But when you're on a busload of about 30 people, uh, that might take a little bit longer. Well, as it turns out, one of our players, or maybe two, I think it was actually two, had some, shall we say, indiscretions on their legal resume (laughs) therefore getting into canada caused uh, an extensive amount of paperwork so the trip is supposed to be like 11 12 13 hours something like that and i think we left i think we really did leave about two o'clock in the morning so people could sleep and then um we were supposed to get into winnipeg you know middle early afternoon uh, grab a nap, and then get to the ballpark around 3. Well, we ended up being at the border for four hours. My Lord. And so then um, 
we board the bus. We get to Winnipeg for a 7:30 game. I think it was 7:30, or maybe it was seven. We get there. We rolled up straight to the park a half hour before first pitch. Jeez. And um, no BP. Get in the locker room. Guys changed their gear uh, into their gear, and we we went out and played. Uh, after I mean, it must have been about 14, 15 hours on the bus. No, 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 no hotel, nothing. Just just show and go. And uh, they were really good at that time. I mean, Triple A quality baseball team, and we almost beat them, as I recall. But but that 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 sucked. Uh, you, that was uh, my that was my introduction into minor league baseball bus trips. Did you? Uh, I mean, did you get the full treatment? Were the Mounties, INU, were there German Shepherds on the bus? Uh, you mean like in uh, like in uh, uh, we're the Millers, where yes. Jason Sudeikis tries to come back in with a Willie Nelson's pot? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, did they did they take you into a windowless room with the video cameras turned off? They didn't take us into the rooms, but the couple of guys who had the indiscretions on their legal resumes, we didn't see them for a while. <laughs> and, you swallowed and, any balloons lately? None of your damn business. And I, you know, Cash Beecham was the manager at the time, and the, Les Lancaster was the pitching coach, and they didn't have a lot of sympathy for people. Great guys, but it was like we got a game to go play. I think they were tempted to just leave those. Two guys, I'm not going to name them, but I think they were tempted to just leave them there. <laughs> we'll come back and get you later. This is pre-Uber, so you know the, the, the cab ride would have been pretty extensive from the, uh, the North Dakota border to Winnipeg. But, yeah, that was the very first, uh, very first road trip that I had with minor league baseball. You know, we had a lot of them, though. We, you know, like, we actually flew to El Paso once and then drove to and then bus to Fort Worth. I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but uh, Texas is a big state. Mm-hmm. So driving across Texas takes a long time, so that kind of sucked. Um, Pensacola to Shreveport to Fort Worth back to Lincoln, you know, uh, Schaumburg, Illinois to to Fargo, you know. But that that very first one, I'll never forget being stuck at the border for four hours, thinking this is what this is going to be like every time. Bill Bandito Dolman wanted. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my bus trip with Husker baseball, where they left me behind? No. Well, so what was lucky? Did was, you uh, <laughs> light them up on air? Is that why they left you? No, on? no. So the the fireworks started going after uh, a walk off loss against Iowa. Okay, the, the fireworks are going. I'm this trying to is pack the Husker up, vision. Yeah, right? I'm trying to pack up my my camera gear, but the lights go off. They're doing fireworks. Like, oh, okay, I'll sit here and watch the fireworks. Oh, and the no. bus leaves. The bus leaves because the Huskers are all mad they got walked off. And uh, I get a text from Tanner Lubach, uh, who is uh, operations at the time, mm-hmm. and he uh, he sent me. Uh, 20 bucks on Venmo to get myself an Uber. <laughs> no joke. Hey, sorry, Elijah. We uh, <laughs> we forgot. That's pretty good. Bill, uh, a thought here. I want to go into some football stuff and spring football's underway and uh, pretty good roundtable with uh, the coaches to start the week. And, you know, what did your reaction and take on, on Frost's Demeanor. Uh, that's been kind of a, a talking point this week. He seems at, at ease. Uh, is that just because spring's a time for teaching and that's a fun part? Or do you think it, it maybe says something else, i.e., man, I did some really nice work with these hires and we're going to be pretty good next year? I think it's the latter, and I, and I really do. I, I, don't, I don't say that as uh, – I, mean, I, I like to, you know, look between the – read between the lines. And – uh, you know, we all know Scott's a very confident guy. 
and and that confidence may have been uh, misdirected at times over the last four years, and I suppose maybe that's an understatement. But I do get the sense that he's he made some really really good hires. Uh, Mickey's obviously mm-hmm. proven and a great hire. I think Scott is very comfortable with Mark Whipple. Uh, I've, I've kind of gathered that. I think he, to his personality, likes what he did with the hire of Rayola. Uh, because I'm really surprised by the reaction that that's kind of gotten mixed reviews or skepticism. And, and I think it's great. Get a young guy in there who's hungry to, to, to prove himself and somebody who also – you know, understands the Nebraska system. And, you know, if, if Dominic, if, if Donovan's like Dominic, great. Um, and then, uh, you know, bringing Applewhite in, uh, I, I watched a little video of him coaching up his players yesterday. And, I, you know, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. And I think, you know, there's, there's a sense of ownership that he has with the responsibility and a position that, you know, for forever was very important to Nebraska football. So yeah, I think that there's I think there's a comfort level with Scott turning things over to Whipple and to Mickey and letting them do their thing, letting Bill Bush do his thing. I liked what Bill's had to say about, you know, um, you know, he likes selfish guys on special teams and he wants guys that who want to be on there and I I'm seeing Matt Masker and you know Monte Brown's name and um but I also think that he that he has confidence in making some surprising is not the right word, but, you know, giving guys an opportunity to prove themselves in, in Applewhite and in Rayola. And so, yeah, I think he, he has the demeanor of a guy who's kind of crossed over a line to where he didn't think he could. And he, he had to do everything, but I think by relinquishing some things, that's given him a little bit more freedom to maybe enjoy the job and to, let other guys, you know, prove what they can do. So I, I like the demeanor, and I think that's kind of what it is. He's happy with the hires. Two, two are two are great on paper, and two are, you know, going to prove themselves. And and I think that they're all, that's all, that's all going to come together. Bill, I want to get your take. I know you you spent a lot of time with Tom Osborne back in the day doing the the coaches show. Do you feel that he ever let the the pressure of the job, the stress of the job, get to him, or did he just enjoy it while he was while he was well, I guess while he had the chance to lead the Huskers? Well, there was obviously one year where the pressure was not fun, and that was the greatest team in the history of college football, the 95 team, and, and, and you know, all that happened with Lawrence and and then the injuries that year or, uh, you know, uh, the year before. But, I, you know, I think Tom enjoyed the job as much as it, as much as Tom is going to let on. I think Tom enjoyed the job. Um, I've always said, and I think other people would agree, maybe Mike Babcock would even agree with this too, that Tom would have been happy playing games um, at Edward Track with nobody watching and then, you know, knowing that, well, we kicked your ass, but thanks for coming. And, <laughs> you know, best of luck the rest of the way. And that that would have been fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. And I think he really, really enjoyed the relationship that he had with players uh, and their families. Um, you know, it, it, obviously Tom's not a demonstrative guy. But I think Tom enjoyed being the head football coach in Nebraska, but I really, really think it it came down to enjoying the relationships with his staff. I mean, those guys had a lot of uh, freedom to run their rooms the way that they wanted to, and they were certainly very different in their personalities, let's face it. But I think Tom, you know, at the very heart of it, enjoyed the personal nature of being uh, a coach, not just a head football coach, but just being a coach. 
and watching, uh, you know, guys, high school guys grow into being becoming responsible men and maybe those that may not have had a lot of uh, uh, great upbringings, you know, turn their lives around. And those that may have had some problems at Nebraska turn their lives around. And I think enjoyed getting to know their families, all of that. Um, that's that's really my take on it. And, and I wish more coaches would appreciate that opportunity as opposed to, you know, winning and losing and and being a celebrity. Bill, uh, 40 time, what would you have run? Could you have beaten Cam Jurgens in the 40 today? About a minute. I didn't, what, did, what did Jurgens run? I saw Austin Allen went 476. 49. Cam, that's pretty good. At, three, right? at 303 pounds, yeah. Yeah, that's moving. You know, I was surprised when I watched Austin Allen run. They were kind of like dumbfounded by it. I'm like, this guy's a first round draft pick. If you ask me, he's like, oh, 476. And they go, well, he is six eight and you know 265 pounds or whatever it is and i think i think austin allen kind of mystified the the combine yesterday by what he did and i know somebody else what broke 421 what could i have done in the i'm going to try and filibuster so i don't have to answer that question <laughs> you had 30 but, seconds <laughs> but, well yeah 30 seconds that probably would have been about my 40 times oh wow i would have but see, look answer. i would i would have been much more in reserve and pay, i I'm like John Candy in stripes. I'm pacing myself, Sergeant. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't. I faked some asthma, some sort of ailment. Uh, <laughs> every time I was asked to run the 40, I'm not going to embarrass you, myself. Now, if you put me in those shoes that Amy Williams was wearing last night, it might have taken me a little bit longer, but uh, that wasn't gonna, that's not going to happen. But No, I get you. Bill, we're going to get you here for the spring game. We're going to get you here for the Snoop Dogg concert. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll talk to him and see if I can uh, fetch a ride on the bus with him. Yeah, the, 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 my colleague. You're, you're going to get stopped at the Nebraska border then. <laughs> Every day's already a Snoop Dogg concert living in Colorado. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. We Sir, don't need to worry about step that here. Outside. Bill, be good, brother. Thanks for the time today. All right, go Big Red. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Husker baseball on our mind. We welcome in All-American Husker standout job at Chamberlain. And uh, World Series champ. So, Jobby, you just kind of got to go uh, kick it for game one, didn't you, with a uh, little deck time. I'm envious. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, had a little bit of high school baseball action, just waiting for, for the stuff to come out this morning. So I was talking to some, some parents about that. And then, you know, just got to uh, – I got to actually do a little workout with, with listening to the boys on the radio and then finish up by just relaxing with my feet up. So – not too bad of a start for a Friday. I really can't complain. Well, I gotta, I gotta go back to the uh, the, the uh, legendary stories of 
of bus rides. We know Nebraska had to take a bus down to Texas, 12 hours. Uh, is there a, a bus horror story and then a bus, man, I was on fire in the back playing cards story? No, I, I think back then we didn't really play too many cards. It was kind of just a story time and just trying to get on the bus so you didn't get next to, like, Brandon Buckman, who was six foot six and he sweat profusely. So <laughs> I just sit next to him on the plane. So I never, I never wanted to be next to him on the bus. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Eddie, did you have pretty good accommodations in the minors on bus trips? No, miserable. Um, I mean, that, the trip to Texas, I remember I was fortunate enough. I didn't spend too much time in the minor right. leagues, but I'll never forget. We went, we had a three-city trip from Akron to Altoona to Erie. And, the, yeah, I mean, you're running in the parking lot. You're playing catch. You're staying. You're not staying in a Holiday Inn Express. You're staying in just a, like an Inn Express. They, they forgot the Holiday Inn in the minor leagues. So, uh, But, yeah, the, the minor leagues is, is hopefully – going to get better now with with major league baseball taking care of it but the uh the minor league bus trips were were not the most fun because they uh they put you on i think the longest one i had was 14 hours Ugh. wow i i did uh winnipeg hold on a minute fargo and i think schaumburg i filled in for the salt dogs 100 years ago for dolman and baylor and, uh, yeah, so long and short, I had a minimal sip of, you know, a cup of coffee. But it was fun hanging out with Tim Johnson. That dude had a ton of stories. <laughs> I think the biggest thing, too, is like as, it is just the stories that you tell from college to when you get in the minor leagues. It's just the stories of, you know, the dollar beer nights in Erie, Pennsylvania. And, I mean, you're not getting paid anything, so it's like you actually get to enjoy a night out or – we had a, uh, a story of we were in hard-hitting New Britain, and this girl came to a game, and she had Boom Pow from, like, the old uh, cartoons, uh-huh. Batman and Robin. And so just, like, cool stories. You're like, where was that at? And just, you know, just the experiences. And I think some of the stuff you'll remember forever. I remember literally when we um, were in the World Series. I think, I don't know if I was doing interviews or somebody was doing interviews and we were just walking around as we're getting filmed doing interviews for our own teammates. So it's just stuff like that that you'll remember more so than some of the outcomes of the game. Well, the bonding experience, right? Uh, Java Chamberlain with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Oscar's able to take day, game one here, Jabba. 2 nothing, and what'd you like about Cody Frank? He's been a, a relief guy, but he got he got the nod today, and man, was he uh, big time over six innings, 10 strikeouts, just two walks. That's what ne- Nebraska needs on the hill. I mean, it was the first two innings, he, he put himself in some pressure. There was a weird situation in the second inning that I listened to it, and I tried to like figure out how it broke down. There were three different outcomes that happened in one play, and then the next pitch, he gets a 6-4-3. So it's, it's things like that where the momentum, I and mean, we talked about this before, it's, it's eliminating pitches, and, I mean, he was getting early count contact, and he wasn't going into extended counts. And for somebody coming in that <laughs> I felt like probably the 60 pitch mark was probably somewhere where it could be close to get four or five innings. But just the efficiency and after, I think he retired – 13 or 14 at one point, and he just 
after the second inning, he really didn't have that many stressful innings. And as soon as somebody got on in the seventh, obviously that's the right move. But to see what he did and the momentum, and that's that's what a guy does is he goes out and puts puts them on the back. And obviously you get a big swing for a two-run homer, and, and then you just kind of get to take a, a deep breath and, and know the guys don't have to put so much pressure on themselves. And then to see what Emmett did coming in to finish and you know just knowing what – Cody had did on the front side. I think, like we talked about last week, that being contagious and, and seeing what he did, and he didn't want to go in and let the team down. So it was just uh, awesome to see. And, and for a guy like Frank, who's been a middle reliever his whole Nebraska career, what's what's that change in mentality that's needed to go from being a guy who pitches, you know, two or three innings in a spot to coming in and starting a game? And now, I mean, I think he went six and two thirds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six and two thirds, punched out ten. And I mean, if you look at his old framework throughout the season I think he's only given up four or five hits and, and his numbers have been really really good so I think it's just the confidence and it gives not only his teammates but the coaches a little bit more flexibility on hey what do we do here do we um, do we keep it rolling the dice keep his momentum going understanding what he can do and you know, obviously in game two hopefully you know KP comes back and, and does the same thing and builds off the momentum of what Cody did so I think it just gives another option. I think we, we talked about early in the season is these games, it, it kind of they play itself out. And then some guys step up and, and end up taking a different role. And I think we're starting to see that with, with what he did in the first couple weekends and, and now to, to know you had to sit that whole week and know you're getting the ball to change the momentum of the course of your weekend and, and to have a guy step up like that, it, it definitely shows you a lot, not only from the pitching aspect of it, but from the mentality of, hey, I got a chance to go do something special. Let's get this started right and um, let's forget about last weekend and get going. And I think he did an unbelievable job of that. Java, for the other starters, what does that do to, to your mentality to see uh, the fact that you've been struggling to open the season and then a guy comes in and throws uh, really a, a gem of a game uh, to open his series. What does that do for your mentality? Does that put some worry under you? Does that light a fire under you? I guess, I guess anyone can take it how they want, but uh, just what does that do to a pitcher? I think it, it's, you play that, that integral part of the, of the game between yourselves. It's obviously we've seen what he can do. I haven't been the, the pitcher that I know I can be. I'm going to, and, and every pitcher is different. And, but you have to go out there and, and play that game and be like, you know what, I'm going to go match him pitch for pitch. You know, I'm going to give the bullpen a break, let my guys on the offense score, keep them in the game. We've seen he had zero errors, the plays that we made, the dive, and just, just the consistency of what we were doing because Cody did a great job of keeping the defense involved. We didn't have 13 walks. We didn't have five hit-back bitters. We didn't have errors extending innings. But that all works together. And we've seen what happened. And then it comes to the, the offensive side. And they put together some better at-bats. And I, I just think from the starting pitcher side, is like go out and match that. I mean, and you can take it two ways. Like, uh-oh, you know, I got some competition. But why would you not want competition? You, you want guys to compete. You want guys to look at each other and be like, you know what, I'm going to go out and be just as good, if not better. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Just don't let your ego get in the way and, and work off each other, feed off each other, and ask questions, and then that's the only thing you can do. Jabba Chamberlain with us a few minutes, Husker Baseball, Hale Varsity Radio. Jabba, you look at the, the lineup uh, moving forward here. Bryce was leading off, did a great job of getting on base, two for four. Of course, Griff with uh, his two-run shot, the 
the difference and the offense. At what point do you think Nebraska settles on on their one through nine? And conversely, I look at, at Northwest State, Northwestern State, uh, they their their staff had eight strikeouts. Are you concerned about Nebraska's strikeout numbers at this point? I don't think so. I, I think they put together better at bats. Uh, I think they're still going to come into their own, but I think just playing these these non-conference against against this competition and, and getting into Big Ten play, I, I think it'll all play itself out. There's there's been a array of, of different lineups, and I think with with certain things, and, and after this weekend, I think we'll probably see a more consistent lineup per se. Mm-hmm. But I think it's feeling out the certain situations, and you know we've got four home runs. We've had a ton of punch outs. We've had better at bats, and I think you know it's just going to continue to play itself out on kind of what game offensively that Will and his staff want to put together one through nine. That's that's going to make us the most successful. All right, take me to a moment where you're on the hill. You want to stay in. Rob comes out and is going to try and take that baseball from you. Uh, the PG version of the conversation. Well, I don't know who was more PG if it was me or Rob at that point. So, um, <laughs> Rob always had those good conversations with us when he came out. So, um, in 98.7%, I can't say. And people that know Rob know that that's the exact the way he wants to be and once he gets out of his pitchers. But, it was just he, he always – he never felt like when he came out that he didn't believe in you. Sure. And no matter how he said it or which way he went about it, he always made you feel like you could get through the inning and keep going. And, and compete was always his thing because he goes, some days you're not going to have your best stuff, but you can always go out there and compete and give me everything you got. So he never, he never made it feel like, oh, I'm going to come get this or – He's going to try and fill you out to see if you want to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. And it just, it always gave a boost of confidence when you'd see him come out because he did it for the right reason. And it was either to slow the game down or be like, hey, let's, let's figure this out. Let's get it going. We know we're better than this and, and let's, let's get it in the gear. So I think that was the best thing for him was just the, the look that he had and you didn't know which way he was going to go. But at the end of it, you knew he cared and he believed in you to get out of the inning. So total poker face on the hill with you, or could you could did he wear? Could you kind of tell just based on facial expression, like what what was going to happen? The tone you could tell a little bit. It was more so his walk than his face. <laughs> so he just kind of has that that walk where it's like, okay, he's he's moving a little bit faster. So he's he's a little upset. He's going to get his point across and. Sometimes those were a little shorter than the ones where it's just kind of slowing the game down, just sure. getting extended count and stuff like that. It was where you weren't executing, and it just was just a stupid pick selection. And so that that had a little bit of a, a little bit of hip swagger as he stepped over that line for sure. <laughs> More with Jabba. We'll get into bad flipping, and want to send out a just a phenomenal birthday wish out to Ali Regan. Uh, Seth and Gregors, of course, are our, our, our friends, dear friends at the Bar the Bar. Allie is turning 29 again. 29 again tomorrow. Allie, we love you, and uh, happy birthday to you. More with Jabba Chamberlain coming up on Hale Varsity. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Java Chamberlain with us, Hail Varsity Radio. Job, before we get you out of here, I, I want to get your take on something that's been going around social media. We've seen a lot of high school kids early in the season doing some crazy bat flips. Um, there was one I saw yesterday. This kid, I think it was like a third inning. He had a bomb, threw his bat probably 45 feet in the air uh, before running around the bases. And uh, I can't remember which MLB player it was. Uh, he said... Uh, ben McDonald? I-, I can't. It was one of the MLB players said that kid wouldn't get to second base if I was out there. <laughs> so I-, I just want to get your take as a pitcher. What's your take on all the bat flips we're seeing in baseball nowadays? Uh, you know what? I look at it like two ways because when I first got to the big leagues and I was fist pumping, it was nobody. Nobody was like, "Oh my gosh, stop the presses!" Like that doesn't happen. Nobody does this, and I got scolded for it. I mean, I literally had to do interviews. I had to have to sit down with meetings and like, "Hey, that's not how we do things." And I'm like, "That's just who I am." And <laughs> honestly, that there's a certain aspect of it that I think can be taken too far. But my thing is, if you don't like it, play better. Make a better pitch. Mm. I, I like, there, there's, a, there's a line between, like I saw a kid, Ben McDonald tweeted it today, where the kid literally, the whole team came out to the line almost, and he almost got the first base and then flipped his bat. Like, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a Ben McDonald, yeah. And um, so I, I think there's a, there's a line because – the gamesmanship needs to be fun. Like baseball has an aspect, especially right now. And, and I think college baseball is going to do a tremendous job of, of keeping baseball relevant and live. And I mean, we're seeing what Tommy White's doing at NC state with nine homers through nine games. And it's just getting everybody talking about the good things of baseball. But I also think there's a, there's a thin line. Like if you want a bad flip, Get two steps out of the box and throw it to the stands. I don't care. I should have made a better pitch. But if your whole team and all other stuff is going to come out and you're going to wait till first base to throw your bat in the air, then there's a little bit of, like, hey, respect the game a little bit more. Like, have fun. Like, enjoy it. You did your job. But understand that there's been a lot of people before you that have done it better than you and respect that a little bit. Java, while we're on the topic, I saw a different video of a, a pitcher. Uh, he got taken deep to left, and he came and gave the uh, the batter a high five as he was uh, walking towards home for hitting it so far. What are your thoughts on that? No, oh, whoa. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Where did you see this one at? Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter a, f- a couple days ago. Oh, I missed that one. I saw one when Tommy White and the dude walked, like, literally just to see how far it went. But I didn't, <laughs> see, the high f- I didn't see the high five one. I'll have to go look for that one. But... Maybe after the game. I don't necessarily know in the game if that's something I do. Um, I mean, after the game, I for sure would 
be like, wow, that was pretty impressive. I mean, still to this day, my first home run was to Mike Lowell, and I'll see him out still to this day and be like, yeah, I think your ball's still going. So, But we'll wait till after the game to talk about it. I don't necessarily know walking towards him and getting the ball from the home plate umpire and giving him a high five is, is probably what your teammates want to see either. There's no way, dude. That's a code red in the locker room. You can't high five the opponent <laughs> during a game. Who's no, the... I mean, this, this is a Little League World Series where they're going around and you're playing teams from different countries and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that one, that one on both sides, although I think there's, like I said, that common ground. And, and the respect factor, 100%, I get it. Like, that's fantastic. But there's a time and a place, and, and probably not as he's crossing home plate or before he gets there is, is probably the best time. Last thought on the, uh, the home run topic. Uh, who stood? Who had the worst reputation when you played for admiring? Like who would who would crank one and then just stand and watch too long? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, it just progressively as my career went on, it became more prevalent. It really wasn't talked about the first few years that I played, and then it came in. I mean, obviously one of the most memorable ones that I probably talked about is Jose Batista in the playoffs, right? And, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest one that made it like, I mean, if you go back old school, they, they were still bad flipping. Mm-hmm. Like it was just different. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a topic of conversation. I mean, Ricky Henderson would pimp walks. Oh yeah. So, I mean, the, in the game and the aspect of that, there's always been gamesmanship. I just don't think Brett Boone, every time he had a homer and he just flipped his bat, like, that's a bad flip in today's standards, but nobody said anything to, to Booney back then because it wasn't a topic of conversation. I just think the more it's talked about, the more people realize it. If you go back and watch highlights, every single dude bad flip. Prince Fielder, he takes gangster hacks and just throws his back. <laughs> and, and you just didn't think about it. And the more that it's brought up, it, it happens all the time. The but guy. It, just, it wasn't the focus of conversation back then. No, the, the pimp walk by Ricky. I mean, Ricky'd like grab his chain, oh. grab his right above the the kind of oh, yeah. your he, pocket he square. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, sure. Rick Ricky was funny. I, I loved watching Dawson just with that kind of the, the stance he had, where the right the the left leg was in front of the the right a little bit. You know, the stance and. Andre'd go down and, and smoke one, and that was all always pretty good. Uh, you know, there's just major mashers the last 25 years of, of baseball, and but Ricky's still the king. I mean, the pimp walk is forever. Oh, I mean, that's just that's just swag that will never go away. I mean, he still has it to this day. So it, it's something that you just are, you're born with in, in his case. So it was. It was always fun, but like I said, if you go back and look, it, it it's happened a long time. I think it's just more prevalent now, and I think the younger generation has grown up with it, and that's why we're seeing it more. Like, I don't mind a good bat flip, but all the way to first base and then toss your bat. Like, yeah, I mean, and then you'll get in the argument of, well, 
what are you going to hit him for? And that's a whole other thing. And I mean, it's, we could talk about this for days. Yeah, we'll, we'll do another episode of when yeah, it's time to sure. dot somebody. <laughs> right. Oh, Cal Ripken Jr.'s coming up. They just bat flipped me. Let me uh, let me plunk yeah. an icon. <laughs> yeah, let's see how that goes over well for you. Then you'll be then you'll be getting beat up by your own team. <laughs> Possibly, Jabba. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, thanks for talking some Husker baseball and some MLB with us, bud. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Good to chat some ball with Jabba, the bat flips du jour. You know who Major League pitchers probably really disliked? The best story I heard was Mark Grace talking about his teammate Sammy Sosa. This was when Sammy just got to Chicago from the White Sox. And then you had George W. Bush saying, yeah, I traded Sammy Sosa. Sammy was a leadoff hitter hit about 258 with great speed it went from texas to the white Sox, and i think the uh, cubs traded george bell jorge to uh to the Sox for sammy and sammy had this 70 pound gold chain with a medallion right like the medallion was the size of the medallion that indiana jones used to find the snake pit where the ark was at that's how big the damn medallion was and mark grace was talking about how they were wondering if it would weigh Sammy down on his extra base hits. And then Sammy all of a course, all of a sudden, of course, bulked up and started cranking balls. But it wasn't a bad flip, but it was the Sammy hop when he swung. Yeah. Because it wasn't quite Julio Franco with the bat parallel to his bill of his batter's helmet. But it was still kind of up there. But Sammy'd hop, and you knew it was gone. It wasn't a bad flip, but the Sammy hop was cool if you're a Cubs fan. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good show today. Big thanks to Bill Dolman, Chaba Chamberlain, Jacob Padilla. Monday, we are on site at PBA, an abbreviated show as I'll have the Southwest girls at 310 against Central. We'll do an abbreviated hail varsity with Greg Smith and Blackshirt McBride. And then we'll ease on into Pius Fremont at 6. And a, a full slate of girls and boys state coverage here on ESPN Lincoln locally and KFOR. And, uh, of course, your area team coverage with Newstalk 900, the great folks in Columbus. And Doug Duda is incredible and uh, his coverage with uh, all the area teams, Carney Hastings and Grand Island. So, uh, Island. so uh, yeah, we are uh, full bore for uh, state tournament action. Now that I'm counting down, but uh, a week from Wednesday, I'm off to Arizona, brother. I'm going to golf, and I'm going to golf, and I'm going to grill, 
Then I'm going to watch some basketball. So that is that is my plan. Zach Taylor uh, is incredible to uh, take time out. He's still feeling good despite a tough Super Bowl ending. He uh, chatted with the Nebraska women's basketball team. I, I can tell you really the honor is all mine to be able to speak in front of you all because I, I watch you all play all season, believe it or not. Even when we're playing our games, I've got the TV on in the background, uh, watching the men play, watching you all play. And, and it makes me really proud because um, when I see you all play specifically, even last night as I watched you um, win that game in the first round, you see a team that really plays for each other, and, and that's where it all starts. You probably all know plenty of teams, you've played on plenty of teams that have a ton of talent, maybe more talent than everybody else, but you see that maybe there's not the chemistry or the togetherness there. And, and when I watch you all play, I see that. I see a team who plays with more energy than their opponent. They play for each other more than the opponent does. And, and the one thing that I'm proud of, when I'm in an airport, travel around the country, you run into somebody, they say, oh, where'd you go to school? I love saying I went to Nebraska because that means something. It, it means people think I'm tough just as a, as a byproduct of saying I played in Nebraska. So when I watch you ladies play, you see toughness, you see togetherness, you see a team that wants it more for the person next to them than they want it for themselves. And to me, that's what Nebraska means. And that's what you all represent. You represent all the other sports in Nebraska. When you guys take the four tonight, you ladies take the four tonight, um, you stand for that. And I'm just telling you right now, it shows through. When I watch it with my two little boys that are at home, They'll watch anything Nebraska. So we watch we watch volleyball, we watch football, we watch men's basketball, we watch women's basketball, we'll watch baseball here in a couple weeks. Um, but but really proud to say I'm, I'm from Nebraska when I watch you all play and and uh, look forward to seeing you guys get after Michigan tonight. So you're going to you know because because from the jump, just like last night, you control the game from the jump. You got after them, and once you get, once you all get on top of somebody, um, you never let up. And, and I look forward to seeing that. You've already done it once this year against Michigan, right? We already done that, so we're gonna do it again. And then it goes on to the next one, on to the next one, and, and then watching y'all play in the tournament is gonna be an awesome thing here in a couple weeks. So, good stuff from Zach Taylor, Z A C T A Y L O R. Someone tell the uh, the, the guy doing the captions. Steve Mara, Kale Varsity, tweeting out uh, bad news for Nebraska baseball. They were up three rip going into the ninth. Kobe Gomes has come in, four hits allowed. He's plunked a guy. We are tied at three. Oh, no. Walk off. Nebraska lost. Aye. Four to three. Back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.